Hey, it's Jeffrey Craner. So my co-writer, Joseph Fink, and I have written three novels set in the world of Night Vale. There's Welcome to Night Vale, a novel, which answers the question, who's the man in the tan jacket and what does he want with our city? There's It Devours, in which we go inside the joyous congregation of the smiling God. And the most recent novel is called The Faceless Old Woman Who Secretly Lives in Your Home, and it is about... Well, a faceless old woman who secretly lives in your home. This last one is our favorite book that we've written together. The ending is shocking, and the journey getting there is full of adventures, laughs, and horror. But aside from Night Vale, we've written other books, too. Joseph wrote a middle-grade novel, The Halloween Moon, about a Halloween-obsessed girl named Esther Gold who goes out trick-or-treating for one last year, only to find her town under the thrall of a mysterious presence. Plus, Joseph and Meg Bashwinner, co-host of Good Morning Night Vale, published The First Ten Years, a hilarious and sweet he-said-she-said said memoir about the first ten years of a relationship. And finally, my fellow Within the Wires writer Janina Mathewson and I wrote a novel called You Feel It Just Below the Ribs, a fictional autobiography in an alternate 20th century that chronicles one woman's unusual life, including the price she pays to survive and the cost her choices hold for the society she is trying to save. So yeah, check out the books we've written. Just go to welcometonightville.com, click on books for a complete list of everything we've been writing. That's welcometonightville.com, click on books. Or just wherever you get your books, just search our names. And hey, thanks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Those who live in glass houses should at least hang curtains around their bathroom. Welcome to Night Vale. Listeners, let's talk about community. Too often we stay in our little neighborhoods with our doors and windows closed, cameras on our porches, signs in our yards that say, keep out, Todd. I mean, Todd is a little too chummy, if I'm honest. But I think there's a happy medium between getting to know our neighbors and being Todd. I've mentioned Larry Leroy before on this show. He lives out on the edge of town, He's an artist and a kind old man. I've always considered him a friend, though I'm not sure why. I had never been to visit him, nor him me. I see him here at the station and around town from time to time, but that's about it. And I don't know. Something came over me the other day. Have no idea what it was, merely a suggestion floating in the ether, I suppose, that I should go visit Larry that I should be more social in my own community. Larry built a new house not far from where his old house was destroyed a few years back by a subterranean vortex. And his new place is gorgeous. It's a little one-and-one bungalow with a wraparound porch and a bay window. His rock garden was decorated with homemade lawn art. 
mostly abstract towers of sharpened scrap metal and piles of reused plastic twisted into colorful pyramids. All of the art inside his house was his own, too. He had self-portraits holding bowls of fruit, self-portraits with dogs, nude self-portraits while wearing powdered wigs, and self-portraits of him painting self-portraits. And of course, Larry is famous for his dioramas. Lots of detailed historical depictions like George Washington Carver inventing the cathode ray tube, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera playing badminton, and there was a really cool diorama he constructed from teeth he found under his pillow of Malcolm X watching season two of What We Do in the Shadows. I took my husband Carlos with me. We left Esteban with my niece for the morning because she just finished her semester and had some free time to entertain her little cousin. Carlos and I were anxious to get away, even if only for a couple of hours, to visit another adult. More on our adventure with Larry in a moment. But first, I wanted to update you all about Koshek. Lots of you have written in to ask if my cat Koshek is feeling any better. I don't remember mentioning that he was sick, but apparently last month, people heard nearly 30-minute-long broadcasts on this very radio station of a cat screeching and hissing. Uh, not sure how that happened. Sorry about that, listeners. But yes, Koshek was extremely sick with an abscessed tooth which got terribly infected. His eyes had nearly swollen shut, and I had to call in a vet to save him. Dr. Joe Hinson, one of the most highly recommended vets in town, came to the rescue. Dr. Hinson gave Koshek a couple of shots and prescribed some pills which I have to hide in Koshek's wet food. I honestly didn't think Koshek was going to make it. He's getting pretty old, and he had taken to trying to claw and bite me. But once Dr. Hinson worked his magic, Koshek healed right up. He's feeling so much better, just purring and meowing all the time. Every time I go visit him, in fact, almost like he's trying to tell me a story. It's so cute. He's like a little radio show host. He's taking after his human dad. Aww. Unfortunately for Dr. Hinson, though, Koshek scratched him pretty badly. He thought he would just need some antibiotic ointment for his wound, but he also lost about a liter of blood and the infection spread so rapidly that he had to have his feet amputated. And after that, his skin began to bubble and discolor like a simmering beef chili until the pain and terror grew so great in him that Dr. Henson retired to spend more time dissolving into a smoking pulp. He will be missed. To the family and friends of Dr. Joe Hinson. He was a good vet, but not super great with cats. Anyway, Koshek's doing great. Thanks for all your emails. Okay, back to our morning with Larry Leroy. When I reached out to Larry the other day, I asked if he'd like to have a coffee one morning. You know, something simple like that. There's a great new coffee shop in the Barista District called Katana where they grind the beans by throwing them in the air and slicing them with swords. It's supposed to really maximize the flavor profile. But Larry suggested we come out his way. He'd make us breakfast, show us his new house, and then take us to an art exhibit. I didn't even know that we had an art museum in Nightvale. Larry said we don't, but there's apparently a super secret gallery showing out in the Whispering Forest. 
It's rumored that there are original works by Ludwig Detman, Jim Dine, Augusta Savage, and Louis Bourgeois. Now, I had never heard of any of those people, but I definitely nodded my head like I did. Larry didn't notice, though, because the entire conversation was over email. I did tell him that going into the Whispering Forest sounded incredibly dangerous because, well, it's enchanted. The trees whisper compliments to you until you eventually become a tree yourself. Larry agreed that the journey would be a treacherous one, but said that this is pretty standard for an art museum. I mean, MoMA has the 60-foot-high tightrope above the pit of razor wire at their entrance. The Tate Modern in London gives you a riddle that must be solved before you can get in. And those who fail the riddle are fed to pigs. Even LACMA requires visitors to have immunity to neurotoxic gases. Plus, he said that Michelle Wynn from Dark Owl Records has been out there several times, but it's easy for her because, well, she's impervious to compliments. I consulted Carlos first, of course, and he thought it was a great idea. I'm not sure he fully understood the risks. He was merely thrilled to have a brief moment not around an energetic toddler. So we agreed. More on that in a minute. But first, let's have a look at traffic. Listeners, the exciting news is our station just sprung for a helicopter. Cool, right? Now we'll be able to bring you the most accurate traffic reports imaginable. And our eye in the sky, our helicopter liaison, Yeji Lim, will give you the lowdown on how traffic looks out there in Nightvale. And according to our first ever helicopter traffic report, Lim says, All the roads look weird. It's mind-blowing from this vantage point. Lim said that from high up in her traffic copter, the streets look like veins. Not like strips of asphalt upon which move aluminum and steel vehicles, but mother blanken veins. It's so weird, Lim said. And like the cars moving around, it's like blood. So gross, Lim added. Yuck. What the hell am I seeing, she said. Our city looks like a living organism, but one that's been cut open so you can see all of the blood pulsing through it. We cut this thing open and it's still alive, Lim shrieked. It's still alive, she repeated, her lower jaw quivering, her watery eyes bulging. What hath God wrought? Lim then said quietly as if to no one, before flying higher and higher into the firmament, until her helicopter was just a tiny speck and a distant hum. And now back to our adventure in the Whispering Forest. Carlos, Larry, and I set out to the woods around 8 this morning. Carlos devised a brilliant plan to protect each other from the trees. Using basic science, Carlos realized that enchantments can be offset by more powerful enchantments. You know the saying, fight fire with fire? Carlos asked us. Of course, Larry and I had heard it before, but we never stopped to ask what it meant or even tried to understand through context clues. It was just a string of words to us. Well, Carlos continued, it comes from the scientific principle that the only way to stop a fire is to use a larger fire to put it out. Enchantments, even powerful ones that use flattery, work the same way. We were in awe of how vast Carlos's scientific knowledge was, and we both felt super safe. 
As we entered the forest, the compliments came hard and fast from the trees. Oh, wow, you have perfect skin. And your hair is so shiny and voluminous. I could see Larry slowing down, almost breaking under the incredible kindness of the woods. But Carlos countered them by saying, Larry, you have the coolest shoes. And I've never met a more talented artist than you. And that's a manly stride you have there, Larry. Very confident. Carlos's strategy worked. How was he able to do this? I asked him. And Carlos said the secret to a great compliment is to focus on the subject's choices, not their bodies. We can choose fashion, careers, aesthetics, vibes, all that, much more easily than what our bodies look like. It feels good when someone notices what you have made for yourself. We reached the center of the woods in what felt like only 15 or 20 minutes, though we would learn soon enough that this was a lie. At a clearing in the trees, we found it. We found art. Hanging from vines, leaning against rocks and shrubs were some of the finest paintings I have ever seen. The brushwork, just extravagant, and the colors, divine. Now, I know nothing about art, and even I could understand these were all masterpieces. From 20th century postmodern abstracts to the rough and realistic Renaissance mythologies to the deconstructed still lifes of 19th century Impressionism. We were so taken by the beauty of the exhibit that we did not, at first, notice the figure in the dead center of the glade. Wearing a black cloak, a small crown with two horns and a name tag that said, Hello, my name is, and then the words, Mino, she, her, scrawled in black sharpie below. I had to presume this to be the proprietor of the gallery and that their name was Mino. Our eyes all met Mino's at once, and Mino said, You should not have come. Looking up, we all became aware that the day was gone, or at least the sun was. The sky was black though it couldn't have been yet nine in the morning. You'll never find your way out, Mino said. Them woods are a maze, Larry muttered. I usually say labyrinth, Mino said, but yes, that. Wait, time out, sorry. I gotta pee, like, really bad. Um, let's go to the weather. Я 
Разница между сном и явью очень просто перепутать, где ты, а где я. Ты засмеешься истерично мне в лицо и побежишь по линии моря. Догонять улетающих чаек Я достану из сумки винные бокалы Насыплю в него песок А холодной соленой морской водой Наполню кружки для чая Раздели со мной мое отчаяние Смятение и бесконечную радость бытия Очень просто перепутать, где ты, а где я Раздели со мной мое отчаяние, смятение И бесконечную радость бытия Ты пошел за мной в мои пустые сновидения И на границе между сном и явью Очень просто перепутать, где So, I was just in the bathroom here at work where Koshek is always, and I mean always, hovering at exactly four feet off the ground in exactly the same place. Every day. For the last nine years since I found him. His kittens were all there, but they only glared at me not saying anything. Probably because they're cats. But also probably because they're jerks. I mean, that Venn diagram is almost a perfect circle. I'm a bit alarmed, but I'm sure he's fine. He's a cat. He'll come back. I hope. Anyway, we're in the clearing in the middle of the dark woods in what should have been mid-morning. We're told that the woods are a maze. Carlos, like the prepared scientist he is, pulls a compass from his shoulder compass holster, which was hidden beneath his black leather lab coat. And for those of you wondering, yes, Carlos is licensed to carry a concealed compass. But when we looked at it, the needle just spun wildly. I pulled out my phone, but the GPS could not locate us. We turned to Mino and begged to be released from the labyrinth. We promised to tell no one about the artwork. Uh, maybe you stole this art? We, we won't tell, I stammered. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you stole it. I, I bet you own it outright, legally. You know, on the up and up. I didn't mean to suggest that... Shut up, Cecil. Sorry, I said that out loud. I was a nervous wreck. Carlos pleaded that we had a son at home who would miss his fathers terribly, and we were two fathers who would miss our son terribly. Plus, Carlos added, we told the babysitter where we were going, and she's a very responsible young woman who would immediately call the police if we weren't back by a certain time. And the police would come looking for us, probably, at some point, if they felt like it. Mino laughed, then pointed at two large spruce trees which were wearing blue FBI jackets. 
The authorities have been looking for me for years, Mino said. A couple of them even found me, but they couldn't resist the curse of these woods. Gentlemen, Mino continued, I am not keeping you here. I myself am kept here. I enchanted this forest years ago, but the spell has grown more powerful than its speaker. Even I am trapped in this labyrinth of my own making. Mino then made a fist and shook it to the heavens, which I thought was funny, but Carlos thought it was a little hackneyed. Larry took out his sketchbook. He'd been doodling in it all morning. He used it during our walk into the Whispering Forest to help distract himself from the generous praise of the trees. Mino said it was no use. The forest cannot be filmed or recorded or even drawn. Larry slumped upon seeing his sketchbook pages completely empty. Over my shoulder, I heard one of the trees chattering, trying to enchant us. It was too far away to have any effect, but I realized I recognized that tree. It was the one that had complimented me on my beautiful resonant voice. I clearly remember it telling me that. We definitely passed that one, I said. Close your ears and follow me, I called as I headed toward the familiar path out. Carlos, Larry, and Mino followed close behind. Their palms clapped to their sides of their heads. Shortly after that, I saw another tree I knew. It was the one that had said it enjoyed my community calendars. I, I enjoyed them too, tree. Further along the path, to the left, there was the tree that had said it found me a trustworthy voice of local journalism. How true. How true. In appreciation, I autographed the tree's trunk with my pocket knife. It's always, always love to meet a fan. I pulled the others along the twisting path until we finally returned to the entrance of the Whispering Forest. The sun was shining once again. The four of us stood on the edge of the woods, panting and smiling. Carlos had to go pick up Esteban from Janice's dorm. I needed to go get to work. Larry wanted to go try out his new dark room. And Mino? Though finally freed from their own prison, Mino had no home in Nightvale. She wasn't from here. Larry offered Mino room on his couch, but she declined. I will find my way, she said. I have an old friend here in town I would like to see. Mino turned and walked alone across the dusty hills toward town. Before we left, Carlos asked me. Larry and Mino and I had to plug our ears as we escaped the labyrinth. How were you able to take in all those compliments, sweetie, and still not turn into a tree? I said, well, pfft. I'm excellent at what I do. It's not a compliment if it's the truth, babe. Carlos just said, huh. I said, I love you. See you tonight. And I will. But first, I need to print out some missing cat posters. It's not like Koshek to disappear like that. Stay tuned next for the gravity of the moon. And as always, good night, Night Vale. Good night.
Welcome to Night Vale is a production of Night Vale Presents. It is written by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner and produced by Disparition. The voice of Night Vale is Cecil Baldwin. Original music by Disparition. All of it can be found at disparition.bandcamp.com. This episode's weather was Dream by Nada. Find out more at soundcloud.com slash nadadov. Comments, questions, email us at info at welcometonightvale.com or follow us on Twitter at Night Vale Radio or dance a waltz in front of the handsome prince. Check us out at welcometonightvale.com for info about great holiday gifts that you should buy now if you want them in time because of reasons. Today's proverb, ask your doctor about their health. It's always you, you, you. Conversation is a two-way street. From the creators of Welcome to Night Vale, Alice Isn't Dead, and within The Wires comes a new Audible original, Unlicensed. In the outskirts of Los Angeles, where the cul-de-sacs and strip malls sprawl into the desert, two unlicensed private investigators scrape by on whatever small cases come their way. But when a teenage girl pleads for them to take the strangest case of their career, this unlikely pair, with no resources and no backup, will follow a trail of seemingly unconnected cases, which will lead them to a ransom a murder, a mysterious wellness center, and a conspiracy that might go all the way to the governor. It's important to catch small fires early. They don't stay small for long. Unlicensed. Available now at audible.com slash unlicensed.